The All-Star break is coming to an end, and it's crossover time. Phillies, Padres, an NLCS rematch, and neither of the teams are really looking like the NLCS version of themselves right now. We're going to talk about it, break down the upcoming series, and get an idea of what's going to go on in the second half for both of these teams. So without further ado, let's get into a crossover edition of Locked on Phillies and Locked on Padres. Yes, I know that said Locked On Phillies, but this is Locked On Phillies and Locked On Padres. If you're watching on Javi's YouTube channel, you're in the right spot. Don't worry. We have a fun crossover episode today. Of course, both of our shows, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm joined by Javier Reyes, who is host of Locked On Padres. You guys, Twitter handle down there. Follow him on socials. He's not wearing that hat just for fun. It's actually the opposite. That is the below 500 hat. I understand it, Javi. And... Uh, yeah, yeah, man, it's it's look, I said this like uh, two months ago, it feels like. And I said I started the bit. It was when they had gotten swept by the Dodgers, you know, on national TV, on the ESPN game. They're yucking it up and laughing in the dugout, which was a bad look as you're getting swept. It's like, OK. And then they faced the Royals, who even at the time arguably might have been worse than the Oakland A's and still arguably worse than the Oakland A's uh, in terms of just like on field, off field. Obviously, the A's have a lot of stuff. And then I started wearing the hat and I basically like maybe a few days into it said, I'll, I'll stop wearing it as soon as they hit 500. And that has not happened. Every time yeah. they're close, they, they win a series against the Rays. Then they get blown out by San Francisco. They, it's just, it's been an up and down season, man. Uh, but even more than up and down, more like an up and dive, you know what I mean? Like yeah. a dive back to the bottom. So it's been, it's been pretty rough. And I'm hoping that, um, you know, I might have a new rule for the hat going forward, but I'm hoping that the second half, you know, can provide some more confidence or at least give, give us a little something. Give us a little yeah. something. We, work, we workshop some stuff with the hat, so maybe you don't have to wear it every single day. But if that hat's not a reason to subscribe, I mean, I don't know what it is. Make sure you're following us on socials, rating, reviewing where you get your podcast, and subscribing to YouTube channels Locked on Phillies and Locked on Padres. Now, speaking of the first half, it hasn't been ideal for either team. And the Phillies, the last time we saw you guys really in earnest was the NLCS last year. We don't need to get into that and everything. I'm not trying to bring up scars of the past, but the point is both teams were playing really well at that point, well enough to be uh, competing for the National League pennant. And it's been an underwhelming first half for both teams. When you look at the Padres and what's gone wrong, what have been the main issues so far for a team that had high aspirations coming into this season? Uh, the number one thing is probably running in scoring position. Their offense, considering that they've got – you know, Tatis, Machado, Soto, and, and Xander Bogarts, that you, it's, I don't think it was like inconceivable that maybe the Padres, their lack of depth, they have traded a lot of prospects over the years, made a lot of big moves for better or, or worse, that it's, it's fine if you were expecting, all right, maybe they'll, they'll be a good offense um, because this just having those four guys should be amazing, right? Mm -hmm. But it hasn't been the case um, at all, uh, particularly when it comes to Xander Bogarts and Manny Machado, um, both of them struggling to get things going. Xander basically just had a good first month, and ever since then, he's kind of just been a premium glove, uh, which isn't great. Uh, like, Hassan Kim has been better than him offensively. Um, mm. Just just really not great um, overall, and I think that Machado is even more frustrating, arguably, because it was an extension, and it's not like he's with a new team, and Xander, you know, he goes from American League to National League, first year of a big contract. That, that happens sometimes, I think we notice, especially when you're changing leagues. Um, right. so that's been the super frustrating part. And what's worse though, is that they are literally good in other areas of baseball. Three of the four defense. They're up there pitching. They're up there starting pitching and relief pitching. Although they've been, the relief pitching has been bad lately, but for the majority of the season, 
they've been aces or at least top five in all of those things. So it's just kind of frustrating that we're asking the bare minimum of four MVP high caliber players to just be average. Essentially, that's all they need, and they haven't been able to do it for the most part. Right, and the Phillies are kind of dealing with the same thing. Now, they've been lucky enough that the starting pitching since the start of June has been incredible. Like, top of the league, so good. All of their guys have really stepped up, but it was a very slow start for them, and even still now. Bryce Harper, he's hitting like 290, but he doesn't have the power swing coming back from the Tommy John surgery he had this offseason. Trey Turner has been majorly disappointing. Kyle Schwarber's hitting below the Mendoza line. Sure, he's got 22 homers, but – you got to hit above 200 or field it a little bit. And JT Ramuto has been in a slump lately. So as good as guys like Nick Castellanos and Bryson Stott and Alec Bohm have been at points this year, there just hasn't been consistency from those top guys you expect it from. So that's why the Phillies got in such a hole early. They got lucky they got a hot month. And we're hoping it turns around, but there's still some ground to make up. They're a half game out of the last wild card spot in the National League today. But there's still a firm belief here in Philly that this team is a playoff team. And we know what happened last year. Just get in and make something happen. Be playing good baseball in October, and you never know how far that run can go. Is the feeling in San Diego there's still a playoff push with this team? <sighs> Man. Um, <laughs> so if you go by Fangraph's adjusted odds, they have like a 32% chance to make the postseason, which feels pretty high considering mm-hmm. how much I've lamented them and how much I've worn the hat. But it's it, it needs to be coupled with – the fact that just if you watch them, it, it just doesn't look great. And eventually the lack of depth usually tends to get worse later on in the season. So the fact that you weren't executing on offense when everything else was aces, I think is a bad sign um, right. going forward. Because then if, like I alluded to with the bullpen, if the bullpen or starting pitcher stop, starting pitching stops being so great, and now you decide to hit, it's like it might be too little too late. You know what I mean? You were supposed to fire on all cylinders at the same time. So... Don't get me wrong, they still have a chance, and as long as they have a chance, I think that A.J. Preller, for better or, in my opinion, worse, is going to go for it. Um, I actually talked yesterday on my show with Ryan Finkelstein, our buddy over at Locked on Mets, about, of course. you know, they if they wanted to, the Padres really could, like, dictate the entire trade that deadline market because there's not a lot mm-hmm. of sellers. A lot of the bad teams that people expected to be I shouldn't say bad teams, but a lot of the teams that were expected to be sellers, like the Giants, for example, are actually probably going to be buyers. So it's like right. it's this weird, bizarre world we're in. And the Padres would have guys like Snell and even you know Seth Lugo, Michael Waka, Juan Soto being a big one, right? Like they would have some heavy, heavy names, and they could just reset everything and get ready for next year if they wanted to. Although I don't think they will. Um, I yeah. think it's unlikely. Unlikely. Yeah, listen, I'm with you. When I look at the roster, and this is what I've been telling people on Locked On Phillies all year long, even when they were struggling, baseball is such a long season. The Phillies still have 73 mm-hmm. games remaining. I'm sure the Padres are right about that number two. That when you look at a talent level of a roster, just on paper, like NFL, NBA, NHL, you look at a team on paper and you can have a bad year. In baseball, with so many games, it's so hard for a talented roster to just be bad all year. Eventually, water finds its level. And the Padres are absolutely a roster that has the talent level to be a playoff team. Like, they should be. The tough thing is the division is tougher than you'd expect with Arizona doing what they're doing this year. The Dodgers are not as good as some people would have thought, but they're still in the playoff push. I mean, you got a tough time out west. And I have faith in the team still from an outside perspective, just looking at the names. It is disappointing, though, to see where they're at record-wise. And they got to make a real push here second half of the season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, look, we'll, we'll see. Again, it, could it be too little too late? We'll see. But 
it's just a crucial next two weeks. Like it really is for both teams. I think honestly, in a lot of ways, but you know, up until this deadline, we're going to see whether or not they're buyers or sellers. I'd say the Padres absent getting swept by Philly this weekend and losing like their next seven of eight. I think that they're going to be, be buyers. I just think that that's how they operate again for better yeah. or worse. I, I said that a lot today for better or worse, but um, <laughs> that's kind of yeah. the whole part of the season though. You guys are yeah. in it with these guys for better or worse. And that's kind of where the Phillies are at too. People have talked about when the Phillies were struggling earlier, what do they do at the trade deadline? And they don't really have a lot of contracts they can offload. Mm-hmm. Most of these guys they're committed to either for the next three years up to the next 12 years when it comes to Trey Turner and when you have basically every position locked down with guys that should be good, it makes it super hard to go out and get guys that would improve because you have faith in some of these guys that still like Xander Bogarts. You sign him this offseason. You're not mm-hmm. going to go find somebody else to take his position as much as mm-hmm. he might have struggled at points. So you're kind of locked into what you have there. And it's more uh, burn the boats. We're not coming back. We'll go get guys to help the bullpen and everything like that and just hope they play better. But I think we're in mm-hmm. very similar spots. As far as that stands, even though the Phillies had a little bit of a hotter end of the first half, still a lot of work to be done for these two teams. You could call them when you look at the standings for the uh, National League right now for the wild card and for playoffs in general. You could call these teams sleepers potentially. And uh, speaking of sleeper, well, I want to tell you about Sleeper, a great new app and a great new sponsor here of us here at Locked On. Listen to this. You want to win 100 times your money on Daily Fantasy Baseball? I mean, you're not going to get odds like this betting in any other way. You got to check out Sleeper. They're now offering up to a 100 times payout for up to eight pick contests. You can choose as many as eight players that you like and pick more or less on your favorites. So you can go and say, I don't know, maybe the Padres have been struggling. You might want to pick less. I know you're a big Eric Hosmer guy. Maybe you want to go, Javi, and pick his under on everything and just go ahead and set that up. You could pick the overs on your favorite players. Maybe you think Xander Bogart's is coming out of it late, and you could say, oh, okay, I'm going to go over on his hits tonight. Put all this together, make a bunch of different picks, and you can use all your favorite stats like home runs, strikeouts, hits, and more, and you get your picks right, you could win big. The app's super easily used. You just get your lineup. You pick over, under on simple stats. It's so easy. Listen. If Javi and I can figure it out, you see the hat he's wearing. You've seen the Hawaiian shirt that I wear daily. We're not exactly the brightest bulbs out there, and we can work sleeper no problem, so you can figure it out. It's an absolute great app and a great way to win some fun money daily playing fantasy baseball. So go ahead and check that out. It's also a time where if you're playing actual fantasy baseball, the all-star break, they say it's like the halfway point. But there's a bunch of people out there in fantasy baseball leagues across the country whose teams stink and they know their teams stink and they're done checking their team every day. Well, you can go win money instead of winning it off your friends. Give up on that season. Play sleeper. And you can use promo code locked on and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See sleepers terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. So go ahead and check out sleeper today. Now, I want to jump into this series we have coming up because some important four games for both teams. While the all-star break is kind of a reset period, it can also be a time where a hot team like the Phillies might cool off a little bit. Last year, they did a very similar thing. Hot in June, hot early in July. They come out of the all-star break with playoff aspirations and get swept by the Cubs. Now it worked out because the Brewers collapsed down the stretch and the Phillies played good enough baseball, but the off period can cool off hot teams too. What's the feeling for the Padres heading into the second half, do you believe this team's poised to make a run? And are you worried at all about coming to Philadelphia and seeing a team that's been really hot lately? It's it's so funny because 
the Padres have one of those like odd teams where you're just ready to believe in them because of the talent that they have. That when they win like two games in a row, you're like, all right, this is when it begins. This is when they go on a run and start ripping off some W's. And it just doesn't happen. But I mean, again, it's it's just really this has been a year of disappointment for a lot of teams. And one of them is going to be better in the second half. I don't know which one. It could be Philly. I mean, Philly is 48 and 41, so it's hard to classify them as like disappointing i know that there's a lot of issues with the team and miami is higher than them in standards but not like a disappointing under 500 right and then you've got seattle and and san diego and the mets and then the cardinals and and the guardians and the twins maybe even right like there's just been a lot of disappointing teams and there's going to be one of them that breaks through in the second half i i just think it would be pretty nuts if you get all of those teams falling out of where they were last year so right. if you just look at it from, you know, history, you know, it's just the history of the 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 sport, how it works out. You know, what we notice is that some teams are going to get in that wasn't last year and some teams will fall out. So if you just want to use that logic, sure, the Padres have a chance. Um, their division's crowded, but I don't think that there's like this breakaway favorite at the moment. It doesn't feel like the Diamondbacks are unstoppable. They're still a super young team. They're still going to go through, you know, some rough stretches, right? Even though they are super, super talented. And even if they do go through a rough stretch, Diamondbacks fans have to be happy. Same thing with like the Reds, right? Where these teams that have just been overperforming and if they do bad or fall off, I think their fans are going to be like, "Ah, well, it's okay. We have Ellie De La Cruz. You know what I mean? Playing with house money. Yeah. Yeah. We're playing with house money. It's exactly right. Um, And then you have the Dodgers who, are still very good, but this is probably their most vulnerable they've been in the last like decade. It feels like, right? Right. I mean, the, the rumors are that they want you know Lucas Giolito. That's the the recent rumor. So they're trying to address uh, some of their their needs. Whether or not they will is another story. So it, it's I think the expectations for the Padres. It's so hard because these next two weeks decide like everything. You know what I mean? Because if they don't, then I'll have probably like some really crazy awesome episodes if they sell right or. If, like they traded Soto and they got the whole farm back or whatever that, or it's going to be, all right, lock and load. Like it's, it's right now or never. And it's so hard, man. Cause if you watch the team every single time, you think that they're finally going to play their potential. They have some weird losing two straight walk-off wins against the giants because of bullpen stuff or you, and their Mm. bullpen has been good. Or you have the, the loss to the Royals or you have the win against the Rays. And that it's just kind of, it's so hard to, to measure them. And then, you know, some very kind of like fringy, um, you know, locker locker room clubhouse like reports that yeah. it's never not everyone's getting along. Hard to read into that because that's what will happen with every team that's not playing well. So it's like you're not breaking news. People people mad when not playing well. You know what I mean? So right. it's, it, it's hard to say, but I, I know I, I'm talking a lot, so I'll, I'll leave it there. But yeah, man, I, I just... I'm just, I don't know what the heck they're going to do if yeah. this doesn't work. No, like I get why oh Man, go ahead, go ahead. No, I get why you're talking a lot because you're one of the more interesting teams in baseball, the San Diego Padres. Like a team that was very close to winning the NL pennant last year. And now they seem to be on the outside looking in. I, I didn't mean that as a dig. I don't, <laughs> come on. I didn't mean it that no, way. No, I'm, just, I know I'm just speaking to the quality of the <laughs> You're team. You're a good Philly fan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you add it in the off season. Xander Bogarts yeah. is a huge ad and you bring all those guys back. You have Machado locked up on an extension. You have Soto for another two years, counting this season mm-hmm. out after 2024, more on him a little bit later that I want to ask you about, mm-hmm. but 
it's just it's very interesting to me. So don't mind jumping in and explaining what you think is going on with this team, because I'm sure there's a lot of folks here in Philly. We don't really keep up with the West Coast teams as well that are interested in what you want to do. Now, this series, the upside for you guys and a bit of the downside for the Phillies. We thought that Rob Thompson was going to try and work the rotation a little bit coming out of the All-Star break to get the top arms throwing. Now, everybody's been really good recently for the Phillies, but it's no secret Mm -hmm. that Zach Wheeler is better than Christopher Sanchez, who's made a couple of starts coming up from AAA this year. But you're going to get Sanchez game one. Then you're going to get Walker. And I I mean, it's not the top of the rotation. It's a four-game series with a doubleheader on Saturday. So you'll still see four of the five guys. But there's an opportunity there where it seems like Rob Thompson didn't put out the big guns more to give guys rest. And I wonder if that comes back to bite the Phillies, especially against an offense that can get rolling at any time like the Padres have right now. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because with the Phillies, and I would love for your take on this, they have like a very bizarre world team right now. Mm -hmm. You just mentioned, um, uh, um, what's his name? The the pitcher, give me a second. Christopher Sanchez. Where it's like, that guy's has been pitching better and granted in a little bit less time than Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola and Taiwan Walker and Rangers Swart. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's just weird. Now I actually don't find the Aaron Nola thing that shocking. I would love your take on this because this just seems to be who he is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like every other year his ERA has spiked and then gone down the next year. He's Cy Young or like waiver wire in fantasy. I'm right. not making that up. Like no. that's where he's been. Is there like what's going on? Is he scared because he's a free agent? Is he just struggling with command? Is there an injury? There's a couple things that are going on with Aaron Nola. So first off, there are major extension talks in the offseason in spring training, actually. And nothing ever got done because they couldn't come to a number, which means Aaron Nola valued himself higher than the Philadelphia Phillies valued his dollar amount that they were willing to offer. And he's an interesting case, right? Because the talent level is undoubtedly there. Back in 2018, he was either runner-up or third place for the Cy Young Award. It seems like every other year he's in that conversation. And then you're right, every other year he falls apart. And it's almost like every other start at this point. He'll have a great start. He'll go eight innings of like two-hit ball, and then he'll come out and give up three home runs in the first three innings against the Marlins like he did in the final game before the All-Star break. So the issue is that the talent level super outweighs the consistency. And part of what I point to this year that plays into it is he's not good with the pitch clock. He likes to work slow, and there have been a lot of points this year where with runners on base, he gets rushed, trying to get pitches off in time, and it just doesn't work out well for him. And I think that mentally weighs on him. I think not getting the extension done weighs on him because he's got a lot at stake here. He could either be looking at a close to $200 million deal or close to $100 million deal, depending on what this season looks like and what he can command on the open market. And I do still think there's a team out there that'll pay him because he's Aaron Nola and he has the track record of being really good at points. But, man, does he not look like the pitcher that he would have gotten paid like this offseason? And I think that does weigh on him as well, and that compounds. So he's in a rough spot. If you ask me in a playoff game, do I like having Aaron Nola on this team in a playoff series, I should say? Absolutely. Because if you get good Aaron Nola, he can win you a damn series. But if you get mm-hmm. bad Aaron Nola, he could send you home. So mm-hmm. he's just a really weird case study, and that's kind of what I think is mentally – affecting him right now when it comes to where the Philadelphia Phillies are at. Now, real quick, uh, before Mm -hmm. we move on to the final topic, I want to get your idea about what would be a successful series. Do you guys have to win three of the four games? Are you okay with a split? What has you coming out as a Padres fan saying, okay, we got the job done in Philly? I think so. It depends on what your perspective is. If you're like a a cynical masochist person, your thing is, I just want to see this team sell. 
then Padres fans are like, lose all of them, lose three out of four. If in theory a split is good, right? But then you also and you want them to win three of four because then that makes sh- ah, this is tough. This is tough. I, I think that you just for now at the minimum you have to split. That's always the case, I think, no right. matter what the series is. But with this particular series coming out of the all-star break, I don't know, man, because this might like set the tone. It feels like a team that has like a lot of tone for it where they 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 need to feed off each other. They need to start off on a right track to start believing in themselves again or something, right? So mm-hmm. if they win three out of four, that gives you a lot of wins. So, but then if you're someone who thinks they should sell, that's not what you want. You want them right. to lose. So um that's a little bit of a heady moment on it but yeah i mean it's it's usually pretty fun i don't think the pirates have played very good against phillies uh, over the past few years for sure uh, i know that and i'm this isn't even just the the postseason but i think in 2021 they got absolutely destroyed i believe right. in a couple of regular season games i think that was like a darvish implosion start or something like that um but i think that you you head into this series saying we don't have time to waste if your thing is that you want to make the playoffs so you're trying to win three or four or at the minimum, just play a good series. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah, there's there's been exactly. a couple weeks last that when they got beat by the Reds two weekends ago. Like they they fought though, right? So in a vacuum, I actually think that that was a pretty good loss where they fought in extra innings. It didn't come through the bullpen, blew it, but it was like they didn't give up. They didn't lie down. It wasn't a six one loss. It wasn't a we were up by one zero for the whole game and couldn't get us just one more run, and then the bullpen gave up a run. Right? Like it's mm-hmm. been. They, they fought a little bit. So I think the biggest thing you want to see is just a sign, a sign of urgency, a sense of urgency that this team is ready to go out there and play and just at least play up to expectations. If they lose some 8-7 game, 6-4, or even like a – I get it. You know what I mean? Like I just right. want to see Manny Machado not stink against the guy who has like a 4-6 ERA. That's, that's what I want to see. Is that too much to ask? And it's crazy, by the way. You weren't kidding. <laughs> but the Aaron Nola stats, 2018 yes. third in Cy Young. ERA the next year, 3.87. Year after that, Cy Young, seventh in Cy Young voting, 3.28 ERA. Year after that, 4.63. It's every other year, dude. It flip-flops. It's crazy. that year. All he needed to do was give me a quality start down the stretch in my playoffs. Uh, And then after that, last year, finishes fourth in Cy Young voting, 3.245 ERA, and now 4.39 this year. It's Wow. He's all, he's all wild. over the place, man. He really is. <laughs> uh, I like your thinking about the split, though. Uh, honestly, I'd be comfortable with the split. You want to win every series. But mm-hmm. when you have a doubleheader, I always count those as splits naturally because it's so hard to sweep those. More often than not, those end in splits. And, yeah, then just split the other two. Just come out not having a bad series out of the break. Keep a little bit of momentum. Mm-hmm. And then the Phillies play the most home games of any team in baseball in the second half. You're going to have plenty of opportunities to go ahead and make a run at this thing. So split with the Padres, fend off a team that's really playing for their lives right now, and move on from that. It'll be an interesting series either way, though. And you want to go ahead and make sure you're hanging out. It's going to be hot here in Philadelphia. It's like 95 right now. You're going to want to make sure you're comfortable. You need a good pair of shorts to be comfortable in. And there's no better place to find it than bird dogs. Listen, (laughs) here's the thing, right? This copy annoys me every time I see it because bird dogs wants me to do. They want me to stand up and they want me to show you the bird dog shorts they sent us. And my problem is I wear them every single time they come out of the laundry. They're never clean. They're never clean because I wear them so much. It's so hard to get a fresh pair because every time they come, they're my favorite pair of shorts. I love them so much. Not only do they fit well, they look great. You can get them with the lining in there. And sometimes shorts, when you get the lining, it's too constricting or not constricting enough. No, perfect. Just breathable and comfortable. Uh, They have these special cloud, this cloud knit fabric that makes it 
look fancier than it feels on your legs. So you look good, mm -hmm. but feel great. And they also use anti-stink sweat wicking fabric. So uh, even if you don't get them in the wash, you're going to be fine. It'll cover up that stick. So I love bird dogs so much. Wear them to a baseball game. I wear mean, perfect, baseball game. sunny baseball game. I've done it. It works, man. It's great. Yeah, You can wear them to the beach. You can wear them to play sports. You can wear them to watch sports. You can wear them to the office on casual mm. Friday. I mean, you can wear bird dogs anywhere. They're the greatest short out there on the market. I absolutely love them. And even better, when you go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB or enter promo code locked on MLB, you'll get a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on MLB or promo code locked on MLB for a free Yeti style tumbler. I use mine every day that they send us to drink water at the office. You're not going to want to take your bird dogs off. We absolutely promise you. Now, let's wrap up this episode a little bit real quick before we get into the trade deadline talks and just a general mm -hmm. overview here to keep it quick. But mm -hmm. I do want to give some love to our partners over here at Sirius uh, XM Radio. They go ahead and do the live broadcasts of every game. You can listen to the Phillies and the Padres, uh, hometown broadcasts of every game uh, that you go ahead and get. So if you search Padres, you'll pull up the Padres broadcast. Phillies, you'll pull up the Phillies broadcast. Great series, four games this weekend. Check it out on SiriusXM Radio. You might be down the shore. You might be hanging out poolside. You might be working. That would suck because it's supposed to be a solid weekend weather-wise. But uh, either way, if you can't get to the game on TV or if you don't want to watch the game on TV, check them out on SiriusXM Radio. Now, my number one question for the trade deadline, mm -hmm. Juan Soto flew on the Phillies plane back from the All-Star game to Philadelphia. <laughs> he hopped the ride. How soon until Juan Soto is a Philadelphia Philly? Will they trade for him? Is he coming here in free agency? How soon, Avi? Tomorrow? The next day? Look, man, you guys gave <laughs> Isaiah Kiner-Falefa a big contract this offseason. Or, I'm sorry, uh, Trey Turner, a big oh, contract this right. offseason. <laughs> all right. Didn't need that. Uh, <laughs> but, no, um, it, it's funny because I was talking with this ye yesterday, again, on, on my show, where they – it's so interesting because I'm wondering if maybe because if they were to let's say you start getting the rumors coming out, all of a sudden, all of their moves in the offseason by the Padres don't look as irresponsible uh, in a sense. I'm not saying Xander Bogarts in a vacuum is irresponsible, but when you consider that you gave up your prospects and your future for Soto and then you extended almost everyone except him, that looks irresponsible. I think I, I just in, in that kind of perspective but if they were to then consider trading him because the season is going bad then it'd be like oh they found out in the offseason that boris and, and and himself like want way more and they're just not seeing eye to eye similar right. to aaron nola's situation so you get something for nothing exactly so their thing is like all right that i mean it's okay we'll extend everybody else and we still get like one of the five best bats in all the game for two seasons for a team that's trying to go for it now Nothing now they're in a situation where they aren't playing well. So if you wanted to, could they cash that ship in? So I'm curious if you get rumors about it, I actually think that it makes all of those moves they've made this offseason make so much more sense. So I don't know yeah. if they're going to do it. I, again, I think that they would have to really be suffering. It's still Juan Soto. They have to be like 12 games under 500 at the deadline. And if that happens, oh boy, uh, yeah. you could really dictate things and you could reset. And Preller has done this before. You know, yeah. he, he traded everybody for. For the aforementioned IKF, right? Like he traded, yep. or actually she traded him away for Will Myers and then Upton and then Myers and, and all that stuff, right? And then he reset. The James Shield trade turned out pretty good for them. So I I just think it's a fascinating idea that we're going to find out like in the next two weeks whether the Padres front office, maybe they knew in the offseason, like we can't extend this guy. That's why we did all the other players. And that is decently likely enough, even though Preller isn't in the best uh, – um, view i think these days right. for padres fans um i'm curious to see how it 
uh, pans out for sure. And I don't know. I, I think that the Phillies, that would be an interesting fit. Um, yeah. I don't really I don't know, know that the they're the place is. for him. No. Yeah. There's just, yeah. like I said, there's spots that you've already got money committed to a lot of these guys. Mm-hmm. So where he fit, I mean, you could always put, find a spot for Juan Soto, but is yeah. it worth giving up all these prospects? It's a great question. I see them more in the market for a starting pitcher to take that fifth spot in the rotation because mm-hmm. yeah. as good as Christopher Sanchez has been, he's got like seven career starts at the major league level. And every team that's looking at playoffs is going to look at bullpen. But I'll tell you what, it might not be the fun move to move on from Juan Soto, but it's a very interesting one. And the Padres mm-hmm. are in a very interesting spot, as are the Philadelphia Phillies. We're firmly in the buyer spot with how they played in June and July, but how aggressive can Dave Dombrowski be with a team that's Mm -hmm. currently outside of playoff position? It's all really interesting stuff. And this series is going to play a huge part in how that plays out. It's four games to start the second half, to set the tone, like you've said multiple times, and give us an idea of how these teams are going to play coming out of a a disappointing first half, lesser of an extent to that for the Phillies than the Padres, but Mm -hmm. both these teams wish they were in a better spot. And this series plays a big part into how the second half will look. So, man, this was fun. Very interesting. We get a look at a team on the opposite coast for each of our listenership and uh, get an idea of where the NLCS contenders from last year are currently standing. Best of luck to you guys in this series. I'd be fine with the split and give us both something to go home happy with. But either way, a lot of star power, a lot of excitement, some good pitching. It's going to be a fun series. So thank you so much for hopping on, uh, joining us to talk yeah, about it. Yeah, man. As much as I, you know, laments have a hatred for Philadelphia sports, one of my best friends is a Philly fan, and I get all the nonsense propaganda from him that I will absolutely share with you uh, offline if you wish. Um, I I root against them constantly, um, not more than some other certain teams that don't need to be named. But look, there's still some oddball fun guys. I still respect what Harper's doing. Castellanos is a big Scooby Doo fan, so love that. Um, He's a super like really, really, really crazy stuff. And Castellanos, like one of the the you know he's he's having a better year and one last quick question christian pache what's going on there uh he was injured for a little bit he had a he like broke his patella or something like that or he had some type of tendon issue with it so he was on the injured list for about a month and a half he's getting the thing the offense isn't quite there yet even though he's hitting well over 300 that's my thing where where is this coming from right like (laughs) dude i could not tell you but it's minimal at bats if he plays more that'll probably come back down his big asset to this team is he's a defensive plus in the outfield where kyle schwarber Mm -hmm. is a minus and nick castellanos is a net neutral at best so he's going to get moments uh down the stretch and i really like who he could be if he becomes a more polished baseball player so a very interesting prospect there as well yeah Yeah, fun stuff for for both these teams so Absolutely. You literally did. You signed him off because Oakland went ahead and didn't want him, which thank you, Oakland Athletics. Really appreciate that as well. But, man, it's just been a hectic up and down all over the place season so far. Hopefully both teams right the ship in the second half of the season. And maybe we could do this again in late October talking NLCS again. But for now, it was fun to talk this series with you, Javi. Make sure you're checking out Locked On Padres, uh, subscribing on the YouTube. Check out Locked On Phillies as well. Of course, you know where to find my stuff. And uh, very much appreciate it once again. Rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Both part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we will talk to you next time on the next episodes of Locked On Phillies and Locked On Podcast.